Hey there, I am hard at work making two things happen that have to do with this show. The first is Unthinkable Season 4. Yeah, that's right. Season 4 will come out later this year, along with that second project I mentioned, my book. My first ever book. Ah, It's called Break the Wheel, and it's going to share a lot of stories and ideas for being better than best practices, because I think best practices actually hold us back from doing our best work. For now, here's an oldie but goodie, an episode I would call Sneaky Good from the Archives of Unthinkable. I hope you enjoy. My name is Anthony, and I'm here to shave the world. You heard that right. He said, shave. I would sit there every night for literally hours and just go through social media and one cool barbershop in Amsterdam then led me to another cool barbershop in Argentina. And I thought I would love to be able to visit these places and see if they do something and maybe even have the opportunity to work at the place for a day and just experience what it's like to work in another facility outside of my own that is in a whole other area that is completely out of my comfort zone. I'm Jay Akunzo, and I believe there's something more to the work that we do. I'm on a mission to find others who share that belief and use it to be the exception to the rules. It's unthinkable. Anthony runs Razors, a small shop in Somerville, Massachusetts, and incidentally, the only place that gets to cut the hair belonging to the voice you hear right now. Recently, Anthony started a video series called Anthony Shaves the World. It's a project to satisfy his wanderlust. So where have you been and where do you want to go? So I've I've already posted some videos locally. We've done uh, a cool shop up in New Hampshire with this nice hero theme of military slash police officers because the owner was an ex-marine and I went down to Rhode Island and visited this barbershop that was towing the line between the everyday barbershop and the upscale barbershop and trying to combine the two and then I went over to Brooklyn and Brooklyn had this really cool barbershop that doubled as a full-service coffee bar which was cool and I've been to Italy I visited two shops in Sorrento Italy that were just small little one and two share barbershops by guys who have been either doing it for a long time or were second generation barbers so it was cool to see that and then I'm off to uh, Amsterdam you are lighting up right now. Like, why are you so <laughs> interested in in how other barbers are doing what you do? Like, why is this so fascinating and interesting and exciting to you? Not that it's mundane. I enjoy doing the same thing every day, but I do the same thing every day. I'm doing the same haircuts every day. I'm seeing a lot of the same faces. I'm so grateful for that, but I want to see different shops and different styles. And I want to see if I can bring some of that here. Maybe the person who starts that trend here. And I see something cool and I can say to a customer, you know what? They did this on the sides while I was over here in Argentina. And I think it would really fit your style really well. And that person walks out of here with a new cut that their friends don't have or the people that they're hanging out with don't have. And I was the one that gave it to them because I learned it from where I was. So I'm so excited. That's why I'm glowing and excited to get over there and see what I'm about to learn. 
when you're craft driven like you are, I feel like you're constantly in this small overlap between stuff I like and stuff others like. You know, if all of a sudden every single person in the world wanted a bowl cut again, God help us. <laughs> Please, no. And that was everybody you served. You wouldn't like doing that. You'd be like, well, I'm maybe less inclined to be a barber now. Right. right? So it's like, how do I appreciate what I do for its own sake, but also find the overlap between that and what others will pay attention to, listen to, watch, buy? Well, trends get stagnant after a while, and we're always looking for what the new trend is. I'm going to get to go to these countries and these places that have these different styles and different trends that may eventually come over here to the States, and I'm able to see it and see it being done, and it just kind of keeps my energy about my craft alive because I know that, look at the trends here in the U.S. might fade, but something is going to come in and it's not just the bowl cut anymore. Then it's the mullet. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you know? So I, I, once the bowl cut gets stagnant, then yeah, I'm excited. We'll do a mullet now. So I'll be able to see that. <laughs> we just lost everybody. Listen. Everybody. I'm not really giving bowl cuts and mullets. It was just an analogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Travel. It's like this magical potion for creativity. the gateway to inspirational nirvana, for some reason. Carla Johnson is a marketing keynote speaker, a storyteller, and the author of seven different books. And her work requires that she traveled a lot. In the last year, let's see, a year ago, I was getting ready to go to Dubai. And that was probably the longest trip for my year. I was in Bogota. I was in Indianapolis, New York several times, Chicago, San Francisco, Houston, Kansas City. Carla estimates that she spends about 60% of her time on the road. So she's felt firsthand how traveling can affect your creativity. It's like an electric shock. It just jumpstarts everything. And you become hyper aware of all the little details that we take for granted in our everyday life. And when we take things for granted, what it does is it desensitizes us to things that we might be able to look at and use as inspiration for creativity. What does travel do to your ability to create meaningful work, you know, either pro or con? I remember the first time I took a monumental trip, and that was my husband and I took a year off of work, and we, we spent that time, and we backpacked through South America. Even daily rituals became heightened. So getting up in the morning in a city in the middle of a country that was very, very different from what I was used to, and even the process of going going to get a cup of coffee, and then we went to language school, and every little detail about our days were completely different to new because it was, it was a different language, it was different food, it was different everything. Is it fair to say that it's about perspective <laughs> instead of bigness? Yeah, I think so. A lot of times it's just a micro moment of an interaction that I had with someone or something that I saw. Like I still remember being in this little market in a mountain town in Ecuador and having this grandma woman, I mean, I don't know how old she was, but she was so small and so wrinkled and white hair, just come up to me and hold my hand and smile because I was so different from anything she had seen before. It wasn't that it took something big and amazing from another part of the trip in Ecuador to come back with me. It's an example of a little moment that really stuck with me because it was the joy that I saw in her face. And I think about that when we look at content or the impact that we have on people. 
what is it that we're doing that can really put that feeling of joy into the people that we try and connect with? If you're unable to travel or your job doesn't require you to travel, is there still things you can do to gain the same benefits that, you know, someone like yourself who speaks all over the world and has traveled a lot with family, you know, the benefits that you get, can I kind of create those same benefits without traveling? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things is, is what it is that you read. Pay attention to what you read. And you can read travel things about different parts of the world, but you can also travel emotionally and mentally if you just break out of the routine of what it is that you're used to reading. So a lot of people in business focus on business books and how to be better at whatever their profession is. But read something that's completely different from what you're used to reading. And that gives you that same kind of a jolt that travel can because it makes you it makes you wake up, it makes you pay attention just to get exposed to things that are different and see how it makes you feel and, and dig into what it is that you like that you don't like about it. Because that's really what it helps us do is, is self-reflect. And that's a lot of what travel does for creativity is that it makes us self-reflect and think, why is it that I like this? And why is it that I don't like it? And what do I want to take back with me and keep doing? And what do I want to make sure that I never do again? All right, so I usually record in my home. I'm not venturing outside with a microphone stuck in my face. And I got to admit, I feel a little bit like I am traveling to a foreign city because I'm hyper aware that people might look at me like I don't know what I'm doing right now or like I'm a crazy man. I'm also hoping this actually records. Okay, so let's see. My usual routine is I go to a coffee shop down the street, same one every single time, bourbon coffee. And I sit in the same seat even, ordering the same drink. But today, I took a left instead of a right out of my apartment, and I'm walking to a square called Davis Square in Somerville, Massachusetts, near my home. I know that there's some coffee shops there. I have no idea which ones are good to work out of or which has Wi-Fi, but let's go. Oh, this is cool. Another thing I could do is walk on a different side of the street. Ooh, it's windy out. I'm sure that's getting picked up. Okay. Well, if I have to reflect on my emotional state right now, it feels exactly like I was, I don't know, standing in front of some historical monument in Rome, trying to figure out what it is. You know, like, it's the, it's the nervous kind of like, not in my gut about, you know, when I'm trying to speak Italian and I haven't spoken it in a while to someone else. Well, I can say being on this side of the street, <laughs> I'm definitely noticing that there's a fence that I usually walk by. And I knew it was chain link. What I didn't realize is there's actually wood planks behind it. They're just so faded. They blend it almost with the trees behind it. Literally lived here for years. Never noticed that. It's kind of cool kind of like it looks like one of those things that you know in a modern restaurant or a modern urban setting they would create to look faded except this fence actually is faded because it's been there a while I think I don't know I haven't seen it since I haven't seen it before so I guess I changed my perspective and there you go I already noticing things just cross to the other side of the road no traveling thousands of miles here just seven or eight steps. 
okay, I guess I'm going to Starbucks. Whatever. It'll be fine. Okay, so that was full. No seats available. Now I feel all sorts of disrupted in my workflow. Yeah. Oh, that's a red light. Okay. I'd gone left instead of right, and I felt like I'd gotten nowhere. Then I heard that song and went for a long walk. Why has this become meaningful to you in your life? Because I love what I do, and I love seeing other people do what I do, and I just wanted to explore that by going out to all of these places that do exactly what I love to do and see if they do it any different. Brooklyn is a rough city. It's a little dirty around the edges. But with us, we, you know, we try to keep that outside. Don't let that come in. Try to be up on our game in here as far as just a level of cleanliness and a level of uh, professionalism. You know, when people come to appreciate higher standards, you're rewarded for it. You know, as long as we maintain those high standards, I think we'll be around for, uh, for a very long time. So they're really excited to show somebody who does the same thing, like, here's how I do it and here's what I do. So it, it gets me excited to see them doing that and to see their excitement. Right, because the customer gets the outcome and right. that's what they think about. You guys think about the process. The process, the steps that are needed to get to that successful outcome. How did you go from, I want to experience it myself, to I could create a video series about this? So I thought initially I'll go there and I'll videotape these places just to have it kind of as a, a little video diary that chronicles my visits to these barbershops. But then when I was talking to some customers about wanting to do this, they said, well, I'd love to see that. That's really cool. I would love to see how a barbershop does work in Italy or something like that. And I thought, well, why not put it out there to the world? But how did I keep, I was trying to figure out how to keep it interesting to the people without boring them. So, you know, little, little short videos of me doing some work in there, seeing the shop, seeing the owners and talking to them and finding out what's different about that barbershop. But then there was this music element, some way that I wanted to incorporate because I've been wanting to get musicians involved just so it's not me talking or the barber talking and it's very monotone i needed a backdrop and i thought let's bring some music element to it so 
I'm seeing the overlap of three things where it's, it could be assumed that these are totally unrelated and you combine them. So there's travel, there's the work that you do, your craft as a barber, right. and there's music. Like what caused you as Anthony to put those together in a way that feels authentic versus like I'm sitting here and I'm like, there's no way you combine those things. Like, were you sitting there like whiteboarding, like a scientist, like, oh, I'm interested in all these things and how do I put them together? Or was it more natural than that? How did you arrive at that? No, I think blend? It, was, it was a little more natural just because I, I love music. I have such a huge, huge passion for music. If you come in my shop, you see the guitars on the walls and things like that. So I love the music and I thought a way to incorporate music into these videos would be the music could be the backdrop. It could be the background of each video. But I was kind of stuck because I wasn't able to use music that I liked because I don't own the rights to it. And you know, YouTube won't allow me to post these videos if they have these songs in it. So I thought I have to reach out to these artists myself and get the permission to use the music. So why not bring them into the barbershop here, give them a haircut clean them up while they're on their tour because everybody needs a haircut when they're on their tour. At some point, they got to look fresh for the show. And then I can record them singing songs that were done exclusively in my shop and use that recording as the background of the episode. And that's a way of me getting the rights to the songs and getting the permission, but also kind of showing what my barbershop was like in these videos along with the other barbershops. What I'm hearing in that and seeing in this room, you know, you have the guitars hanging here and on the floor. You have this like craft feel to the place with the hardwood floors and the leather seats. And then I'm looking on the walls and I'm seeing, you know, these really nice black and white images of this is a dog getting a getting shave right here, which is great. <laughs> and this is Sinatra giving a haircut to Perry Como. Yeah. So you have like the blend of those three things offline. And then the way you just described that video idea was like, well, this is stuff that I love. Maybe combine that and see if others would like that. Might be cool for them to see the barbershop and what does it look like? What do, what do they have for images on the walls? But they might not appreciate the craft part of it as much as I do just because it's not their job. It's not their career. So the passion isn't there as it is for me. So it was a way to also keep some interest. I thought I'm going to put it out there and if people like it, awesome. I'll get some cool feedback from the customers. Maybe I'll get some new business out of the deal because customers have seen the shop in the videos and maybe want to come and visit it and get some viewers out of it and build a new social media following that I can throw this out to. But then I thought on the other end, I'm going to put it out. And if nobody ever sees it, then who cares? I have this really cool video series that chronicles my visits to these barbershops that I've been wanting to go and check out. So it was a win-win for me. And to be able to travel the world in its own was just like, that's, that's the bonus there too. So... I'm happy that people want to see it, and I want people to want to see it, but again, if they didn't, no big deal. It was started for me. If it ended just for me, I was fine with that. That's well. awesome. Where else do you want to go? Oh, I've never been to South America, and I really want to get to South America because I want to see if there's anything different because I don't know too much about places like Argentina or Uruguay or Brazil. I don't know what the barber scene is like out there as much as I know about it in Europe. So I want to see how different that is. Has this project given you a new outlook on anything or changed how you do your work at all? It's changed it in a little bit where I do have this new excitement when it comes to maybe in the middle of a shave, I will throw a little something extra in there that I learned from one of these other guys. And the customer who's in my chair is probably somebody who's had a shaves for me in the past and they've never experienced that portion of it. So they're like, oh wow, well that was that was pretty cool. You'd never used that product before. You've never used that machine before or something like that. And I'm excited to bring that to the customer and just 
it, it surprise them with it and add something to the service. The, that's pretty exciting too. But it's also cool just to come back into my own shop after seeing all these other barbershops and just appreciating what I have here and knowing these new barbershop owners that I've met are having such a hard time building this brand that they're trying to build and coming back here and appreciating, wow, well, I went through that and we're kind of beyond that point and we have a brand and we have a great clientele and it's kind of nice and I appreciate seeing what my barbers do here and what we have here. I think it's a value of a side project too. You're able to do that now in a safe space. You're not doing it from a YouTube video and then saying to your next customer, you mind if I try this Right, hey, let me, exactly. I got to try it on the people in the country that I was in. Right. So I was able to do that there first. So no guinea pigs here in the barbershop. They were all done <laughs> overseas. But if you did have guinea pigs, they would walk out with a damn good haircut. Da that, would be, that guinea pig would have the best haircut in the, in the country. <laughs> As T.S. Eliot wrote, we shall not cease from exploration, and the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. My world.